Welcome to BDO in the Boardroom, a podcast series for board of directors and those charged with governance. Each episode features a topical discussion with board peers and subject matter experts on both trending and timeless boardroom issues, covering a myriad of issues including, but not limited to, mitigating risk in the increasingly digital world, navigating your board career, from landing your first board seat to succession planning in support of the next generation, to other top-of-mind issues such as ESG reporting, shareholder activism, and the insights we share through the BDO Center for Corporate Governance and Financial Reporting. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes or Spotify. Let's get started. I'm Amy Rojic, Director of BDO Center for Governance and a member of our firm's ESG and Sustainability Leadership Team. And I'm very grateful to have Moira Conlin, who has agreed to discuss the must-dos and the how-tos in building the strategy for driving stakeholder interest, understanding, and engagement through the organization's sustainability reporting. But first, allow me to introduce Moira. So she is the CEO and founder of Financial Profiles, a national strategic communication firm focused on helping companies create value through effective communication. Financial Profiles has broad expertise in investor relations, public relations, transaction support, proxy, ESG, and crisis communications. Moira is a frequent speaker and author on strategic communications issues, and she's published articles in Forbes, CFO, and IR Magazine. She was named one of the top 100 most influential leaders in corporate governance by the National Association of Corporate Directors and as a top professional for companies seeking to go public via SPAC or IPO by Business Insider. So with that, Moira, welcome to the program. Thank you, Amy. I'm delighted to be here today. All right. So in today's episode, we're going to assume that companies have established their strategy and their cross-disciplinary team around the identification and prioritization of the ESG factors. And that's probably a big assumption on my part. And sustainability initiatives that best reflect material matters impacting the company and its stakeholders. What we would like to focus on next is how the board can ensure this critical information is then conveyed to the company's stakeholders and the manner in which it is so that investors, customers, employers, employees rather, (laughs) regulators and others understand the sustainability strategy of the company and see the value in the company's efforts. So my first question to you is most companies spend thousands of dollars and countless hours to create beautiful and engaging sustainability reports, but then they wonder why the positive response they were hoping for simply doesn't happen. Why is this? Well, Amy, that's a great question. So uh, what, in, in, our, in our experience, most companies take what we call a field of dreams approach to getting their sustainability report in front of the stakeholders who matter. And unfortunately, that approach just doesn't work in a world of information overload. So not surprisingly, for many companies, by the time their sustainability report is published, the team responsible for this huge project is just finished. So they often look at it as a one on done, a one and done, and post it up. Amy, let me take two on that, okay? Mm-hmm. Not surprisingly, for many companies, by the time the sustainability report is published, the team responsible for this big project is just finished. So they often look at the report as a one and done and post it to the corporate website and go back to their day jobs. The big missed opportunity here is not having a thoughtful communication strategy in advance of publishing the report. Yeah, I I absolutely agree with that. And I guess based on your experience, 
how can companies drive better stakeholder engagement around their sustainability goals, objectives, and initiatives through reporting? I guess what should then happen on launch day? So maybe give us the the process involved. Sure, sure, Amy. So there are many ways to do this, okay? And uh, like like most things in communication, it really starts with thinking about your audience from the get-go. And that should really be happening before you even begin drafting the report, right? Let alone creating a, a marketing strategy, right? So what you know, you need to ask yourself, what target stakeholders do you want to reach and engage with your sustainability report? What do they care about? Do you and 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 then you need to think through, do we have a plan and the dedicated resources to engage them? All right, so that's some upfront work. So launch day is obviously a really important springboard for all ESG communications, and that that day really needs to be be planned out and organized, okay? And we typically advise our clients not just to post their sustainability report to the homepage of their website, but to, to but but to really prominently feature it, okay? So you want to get as much pickup on that when 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 the report is is launched as possible, okay? And then it should also be posted, um, of course, to the to the ESG section. All right. And we also recommend issuing a press release. OK. And a, a lot of companies say, you know, do I really need to issue a press release? The answer is yes. Right. So it's a great opportunity to kind of summarize the report, you know, showcase the key themes, the highlights. All right. And if you really want to get good pickup on that report, it's worth putting putting some sort of infographic or eye catching image. So use use all of the tricks the wire services can can give you to get pickup on that. All right. And then next, we look at each target stakeholder group and think about what are the specific steps we can do to get this report to them. All right. So it's important to think about how your stakeholders like to get information and that is, you know, really changing. Every company struggles with all the different channels for 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 reaching stakeholders. So you have some people, old school, that are glued to email. Others that rely on social media for their information. There are certain forums where, in for certain times, where in in person meetings or phone calls are really the best way to communicate. So directly. But whatever the case, the idea is to meet your stakeholders where they are. That's um, that's a great summary of that. And I think too often you kind of fail to think about all the various stakeholders in your quest for producing the report, right? You have one report, it should be all things to all people, and that's not always the case. So I think that's really critical. I would add in from the board's perspective, both the board and the C-suite executives really need to be brought in early on this because oftentimes you have this multiple multiple disciplinary team across the company that takes responsibility for this report. And at what point do you engage truly the, the spokespeople for the organization? And I think that's a really important aspect. And in my mind, the board and the C-suite need to be thoroughly reviewing the reporting that's being done and be involved in the communications plan because you're going to need the appropriate point people to handle questions and, and field discussions on this. Amy, I think I think that that is a, that is very well said, and it is a cross-functional team. We work collaboratively with with so many different people, um, you know, at our clients on on this topic, right? So people from the board, you know, the legal team, the HR team, the IR team, the you know, the the C-suite, the investor relations people. So it's it really is a cross-functional effort, and frankly, all those people do need to be involved 
in the marketing plan, right? And then you mentioned spokespeople. That's another really important thing. It's important for anybody that's speaking, uh, you know, to the media or at speaking engagements and podcasts and things like this to be media trained on the ESG messages, the tough questions they might get, and to make sure that their communications on this very important topic are all aligned. Agreed. Agreed. All right. So we've talked about kind of the initial stages. What happens after launch day? So how can companies continue to drive stakeholder engagement? Great. So, so Amy, there's typically a flurry of communications activities on launch day. Okay. And, you know, and, and our mantra is really get your ESG story out widely and frequently, right? So beyond launch day. All right. So, it's important to take a step back and to think about your sustainability report as really a treasure trove, right, of information. It's data, facts, recognitions, highlights. There is typically so much content and often beautiful graphics in in, in an, a sustainability report. And those can really be uh, repackaged to foster ongoing communication long after launch day. So just like with any other piece of content that your company has, we recommend creating, you know, sort of a content calendar. Think about the year ahead and the different things that you can do to showcase showcase different aspects of that report consistently. So you really pack a punch with it and uh, get your money's worth. Okay. No, great, great summer. And, and and I liken that to if you think about financial reporting, which we're getting quarterly statements, oftentimes the sustainability reporting is, a, as you said, it's a point in time. So to get the most out of that, a lot of these strategies and initiatives are, you know, multiple year projects. It's not something that you, you do overnight and expect, you know, instantaneous gratification for your work. So I, I agree with you there. So well, guess- Amy, also, also opportunity, you just mentioned an important point, which is, you know, reporting on progress, right? So in addition to creating content and all that, reporting on progress throughout on any ESG initiatives, and you don't need to wait for your next ESG report to talk about a new ESG initiative. You can do that throughout the year. So I guess if we're thinking about publicly traded companies, which probably have the most um, exposure, if you will, what do you what did, specific advice do you have for them? Well, we 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 think that the the sustainability report is just a great opportunity for public companies to showcase the work they're doing in this area. Obviously, Wall Street. Um, has become more and more interested in sustainability. I, uh, it, when I pick up a sell-side research report today, it's pretty interesting. You see the, the stock thesis, the traditional stock thesis on the top, top of it, and on the bottom it has the, e, the ESG or sustainability thesis, right? So, so clearly ESG really has gone mainstream as far as Wall Street's concerned. So we typically advise our clients to take the opportunity to have the CEO or CFO, whoever knows the investors and analysts the best, um, send send out the report. Often, often we send out a hard copy if they're, you know, if 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 we have one, if we're printing, um, we send a hard copy out with a nice note to the investors so it sort of stands out on their desk. And uh, otherwise, an email works fine too with a, with an attachment. But it's really it's their CEOs and CFOs are always looking for outbound opportunities to 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 show their investors that they care about them, they're thinking about them. So we like that. 
It's also a great opportunity for companies to reach out to their passive investors. And for small and mid-cap companies in particular, there's still not a lot of opportunities unless there's a problem for them to engage with their passive investors. So, you know, BlackRock, State Street, Vanguard might not, might not even return their call. Um, and it doesn't really matter, but it doesn't mean that we shouldn't be reaching out to these people with our materials and make sure that, you know, they might have heard of us before before it's time to vote. Right. So a great opportunity there to do the same thing. You know, we are seeing, um, you know, companies definitely putting their ESG language in, you know, just consistently in all of their, you know, investor communications documents. So obviously, SEC filings and proxy statements are often where it starts. But, you know, it's pretty easy once you have the narrative to add a couple of pages to your to your investor presentation. Uh, we recommend commenting on your ESG program in your earnings call scripts, different industries have different practices around that. So, you know, where where like in utilities or energy where it's a real issue, you see ongoing communication in a in a read or something like that. You might see it just when the report comes out and and you know kind of kind of less frequently. All right. Then you've got annual annual shareholder letters and proxy cover letters. And those are those are great places to to showcase your ESG um, you know story and you know probably link to your report as well. All right, and then just a couple other thoughts. Um, some companies are, you know, that are are hosting roadshows with passive investors and ESG and sustainability dedicated investors. That can be a great way to kind of, you know, call this report to action, create a presentation, get get your cross functional team organized to go out and meet with these people, think about what they care about. It's going to be a little bit different than the roadshows you do with your traditional, you know, long term actively managed folks. Um, and then finally, you know, remember to put out a press release when, you know, your, your sustainability efforts are recognized. So, for example, we recently helped one of our clients that was added to the 2022 Bloomberg uh, Gender Equality Index. Perfect opportunity to put out a press release and, you know, include a nice quote in there that says we're thrilled to be added to the index and, you know, we're committed to sustainability. And this is, you know, this is sort of, you know, shows that in, in lights, right? Great advice. And, and I would just send out the cautionary strategy around this because as we're all keenly aware, I would ensure that anything posted outside financial reporting, so your filed documents with the SEC, really agrees to what you're including elsewhere. So whether it's in the sustainability report itself, whether it's on your website, whether it's in press releases, earnings releases, presentations, the SEC is looking for consistency and the capturing of material information. So if you have information sitting elsewhere that hasn't found its way yet into your public filings and its material, you can expect to get a comment letter. And we've seen a lot of that activity, particularly around the climate-related disclosures in advance of their proposed regulations on climate. So I would just, you know, that I have to put my cautionary auditing hat on at this point and 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 post that out there. But that's an incredibly important thing to do is, and that's where, you know, I, I drag the board and the management teams into this process to be making sure that anything is that's communicated publicly has gone through the right filters internally. Right. And Amy, I think I think that's that's sort of where our our two firms kind of overlap at the end of the day, right? Is really helping our clients make sure that 
they don't uh, trip over credibility issues and SEC issues, right? Correct, correct. All right, so we've talked about stakeholders um, external to the company. What about the employees? How can companies better engage their employees in their own sustainability efforts? Well, it, I, that, that's that, that's a great point, Amy. So we all know that uh, today employees, you know, more than ever really want to work for companies that are environmentally and socially responsible, right? So they are generally very interested in learning about their company's sustainability efforts. So we like to think of them really as, you know, sustainability uh, ambassadors, right? And, and we recommend that our clients find ways to sit down with their employees, bring their attention to these things. It's only going to make, you know, make them stickier with the company, more interested in working there, more knowledgeable, right? So we're seeing uh, companies really, you know, leverage, leverage uh, sustainability as part of their employee, employee engagement programs overall. You know, there's many things you can do, um, you know, having hosting webinars, lunch and learns, town halls, you know, doing plain old employee communication via via email or whatever other channels you use. Right. And this can also be a way, great way to get feedback from this really important audience. Right. So, you know, great to have a, a, a lunch and learn and sit down with the people that really care about it and kind of make them be a little focus group for your cross-functional team that's looking for fodder on their you know specific point of view. Yeah, love all of those ideas. And and I've I've actually started talking with folks about how companies are building this into their recruiting and onboarding initiatives, because obviously we live in a kind of a transitory environment with respect to employees. And, you know, there's no longer that long term necessarily like I'm going to be here for life mentality. So how you're recruiting, how you're ingratiating folks into the companies when you do hire them and how do you retain them, I think is, is equally important. And I will go beyond that and say when, you know, all of the board recruiting that's happening right now, a lot of it is based on refreshment around skills, around certain experiences and other things around a lot of these environmental social governance issues that people are concerned with. So when you think about that aspect, how do you attract the quality board members that you need to kind of round out your board experience? And you do so by indoctrinating all of this information into those processes. So just, I, I needed to do a shout out to that, but let me ask you, what else are you seeing companies do to get their sustainability message out more broadly? Okay, so uh, Amy, the the sustainability report is is really you know one big thing, right? But there are so many other things you can do, right? So we're seeing companies create uh, shorter fact sheets, um, short videos highlighting key messages, achievements, goals, and initiatives from their reports, right? So the thing here is that sustainability reports tend to be very long, right? It's no, it's not unusual to see a report that's about 50 pages long, right? So anything that you can do to call attention to what really matters in that report is, is important and helpful, right? And as we mentioned, that might be different for different stakeholders. But um, in terms of sourcing ideas is all you have to do is look out there. So we always tell our clients uh, really that following the best practices of the corporate leaders is the way to go, right? So if you look at some of the big companies that have endless resources and huge departments that focus on, you know, on, on sustainability, um, that, that that's a great place to start. So for example, uh, Cummins, you might know them, the big industrial giant that makes engines and power generation products. 
They have a great two-page summary showcasing their ESG progress on their website. And IKEA has a video that in literally less than one and a half minutes shares the highlights from their ESG report and future goals, right? So the idea is to, you know, sort of capture people's attention so that then they want to look a little bit deeper. They know what's in the report and they're not just looking at some 50, 60, 70, 80 page report, right? Exactly. And I'm sure <laughs> as time goes by, Amy, we'll see more and more innovation on this, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. I guess with all these practical areas, what are some other top line tips or best practices that you can share with us? Right. Okay. So uh, it, 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 if, if you're prepared to engage with the media, uh, I think it's a great idea to, to reach out to the media if you have relationships with your local reporters, local reporters are always interested in what good local companies are doing. And uh, all of the financial outlets, Bob Bloomberg, Wall Street Journal, you, you know, Barron's, you name it, they are all writing on, on ESG and sustainability constantly, rating ranking companies. Not every company can get in the Barron's list, but you know, there are plenty of opportunities. And reporters are importantly always looking for credible sources with interesting angles and ideas on topics, okay? So even if you're not a Fortune 500 company, you might find your way into some stories if you're doing some especially good or innovative work or have some, some interesting um, thoughts on the topic. Uh, uh, speaking engagements and podcasts like this one are also a great way to reach your audiences on, on, on this topic. All right, then another missed opportunity I see all the time is applying for awards. So I never met a company that doesn't like to get an award. We are always trying to get our clients awards. And we're happy uh, now to have this new category called ESG and sustainability awards because it broadens out our thing beyond our opportunities, beyond best places to work and CFO of the year and CEO of the year and all this kind of thing, right? So there are there's an emerging group of awards programs. The National Association of Corporate Directors has the annual DE&I award program. Corporate Secretary has the annual Corporate Governance Awards program. And there are many more. So we are all learning together about new awards opportunities. But I think it's, you know, and for anybody who's working on these projects, you know, it's great to have your work showcased. There are a lot of you know, a lot of uh, sweat equity goes into this. So why not, right? You can also reach out to uh, to your stock exchange. Uh, the NYSE and the NASDAQ both have media outlets, um, you know, on the floor and they can, um, you know, and they do different things to recognize, you know, ESG board members, things like this. So worth finding out what your stock exchange is doing and getting in the mix there. And finally, we would recommend um, looking through your report and thinking about what what content could could support events throughout the year. So when when could you showcase your content? So think National Employee Appreciation Day, Black History Month, International Women's Day, Earth Day, Pride Month. Right. These are all opportunities to resurrect the sustainability report and make it relevant once again. Love it. Love all of it. All right. Final thoughts for our audience today. Great. So, Amy, uh, ever since I started uh, thinking about and talking about ESG and sustainability, um, you know, what really resonated for me was that 
you know, sustainability is really about creating long-term sustainable value for all stakeholders, right? So it's an all-stakeholder approach to managing a business, and it's really a competitive advantage in attracting capital, talent, customers, acquisition partners, and many other stakeholders, okay? So I, I really think that there is a big return on, any, on, on ESG for companies that want to go for it. I mean, it's becoming a requirement, so everybody's going to have to do it, but I like to look at it as an upside opportunity rather than a must-do. And with any investment, you know, business investment like this that you have to make or want to make, it's important to think about that ROI and to really get set up for success on the front end of your ESG program. And so I think, Amy, that's where, you know, it really it really um, behooves companies to think about the front end, getting getting their getting their plan ready, getting their you know messaging ready, getting working on having good a good sustainability report, and also taking time to think about how to market that report and how to get it out there. Because if you don't have a marketing plan for it, you know it's it's uh, it's often just completely overlooked, and I don't think you achieve the ROI that you had hoped. No, agreed. And to your point earlier about the sweat equity that goes into this, you truly want to get a return on your investment. So, Mara, I thank you for all your great thoughts. You always have a, a world of practical, ready to implement advice. So, hopefully, you'll be uh, joining us again in the future because I would love to have you back. And continued thanks to our many listeners and invite you all to listen to more episodes on a variety of evolving governance topics. Thank you so much, Amy. Enjoy your day. Thank you for listening to BDO in the Boardroom. Past episodes and related insights are available at bdo.com slash BDO Boardroom. Or you can go to iTunes or Spotify to rate, review, and subscribe. The views expressed by our guests do not necessarily reflect the views of BDO. For more information on the BDO Center for Corporate Governance and Financial Reporting and the resources we provide, visit bdo.com slash BDO Knows Governance.